The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Seven after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the Talking Point. We're leading the conversation right here on SAFM. So from the final hour of the show, what we are seeing is that there's a growing movement of community activists that are really stepping up in their neighborhoods, in particular to enhance the lives of members of their communities. Many of them are driven by a vision of trying to reclaim what are the commonalities amongst us, the things that make us all human and bringing us together along those commonalities. So we thought we'd use this hour to connect with some of these change makers. They'll be sharing their insights into why they've started this work in the first place, but also what are they seeing through the change that they can make in their communities. Let me welcome Bridget Munich, who is a manager of the Westbury Youth Centre. Bridget, good morning. A very good morning to the listeners and to you. Thank you for having me on your show. Petani Madzivandila is a writer, activist and co-founder of Konani Integrated Development Agency. It's an MPO based in Venda. Petani, good morning. Good morning to you and your listeners. I hope you can hear me and I'm audible enough. Yes, you are. Thank you so much. And Nditini Tido is the chairperson of the Kailicha Development Forum. Ditini, good morning. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, FFM listeners. Uh, thank you all, firstly, for making time to be part of this conversation. We often talk about the fact that we need South Africans to get up and take responsibility for affairs that are taking place in the country, and it begins within the community space. It's easier to lambaste, it's easier to complain about things that are not working and seemingly much harder to actually get up um, and be part of the change, be part of the solution. Bridget, let me begin with you. Where, where did your journey start? How did you get involved in the youth centre in Westbury? Well, it's uh, a community developer, uh, uh, developer I've, I'm bred and born in Westbury, and I could see that, you know, before my time, it was peace, but now it's a little bit chaos and it's stormier in the uh, Westbury youth, uh, in the Westbury area. So what driven me is that I need to be part of this community. I need to make this community safe. I need to be placed in the community where we can make a change. Westbury used to be named as Westbury Place of Dreams. And if you hear the word Place of Dreams, this is what Westbury is all about, Place of Dreams. The reason why I'm in a community, I'm an orphan, I don't uh, have parents, and I told myself, you know, I want children to be safe and I want children to be happy in any communities. And that is what driven me to be uh, amongst the children because during my upbringing, I didn't have somebody that guided me. I didn't have somebody that, that pushed me to a point to say, you need to become something of your life. And the reason why I'm at the Westbury Youth Center is exactly that. 
to change the mindset of the youth in the community, to tell them, you need to have dreams, you need to have goals, and you need to have vision. And that's why I'm at the Westbury Youth Center. We are offering, you know, skills development program that enhance the youth to become employ uh, employment and to have learnerships. And that's why I'm here to help the youth to see their goals and their dreams. All right. Th- thanks for that, Bridget. And, uh, you know, you, you sound like an incredibly passionate individual. Petani, tell me a bit more about your journey and what got you involved in, in activism? Um, for me, uh, importantly, is the place where we grew up in, in the rural villages of Venda, where we had seen many people's lives being uh, transformed by access to education and being able to complete tertiary education. But um, be that as may, that did not uh, encapsulate or cover everyone else. Other people fell uh, within the cracks you know, of the system and could not make it to universities or institutions of, of, of higher learning. So we saw it fit, uh, me and, um, and my colleagues and friends, that we will try and uh, uh, with the legal resources that we have, and the knowledge that we have of higher education and mathematics and sciences, which are, by the way, the most um, challenging subject uh, for young people in the area where I come from in November. So we saw them as two of the key subjects that we must focus on, on trying to improve the results of these learners so that they can be, be able to have a chance to access higher education. So the inspiration uh, behind that was that we must try as much as possible to get these young people to ha- achieve good marks in, in their metric so that they can be able to have chances to go to the institutions of higher learning and also be able to improve and transform the lives of their, of their, uh, of their families and, uh, and themselves so that they can be able to have a brighter future and be able to take part in building a prosperous South Africa. Nditini, would you like to share part of your journey with us too? Thank you very much, Kathy. Yes, thank you. Um, the KDF was started in 1995. I became involved personally in its, in its youth structure as early as 1998. The, the KDF's vision, long and short, was simply to serve as a conduit for Kailisha's development a platform wherein a multiplicity of stakeholders could come together in anticipation of developments that were to happen in this township that is 31 kilometers outside of Cape Town Central Business District. So it has been, a, it has been both an encouraging and very, very scary change because we had to transform the community from that state of victimhood to a fledged community that can lobby and advocate for its own development and see its implementation going ahead. Bridget, when you began this work, what did you find to be, you know, the challenging aspects of bringing people together? Because again, you know, 
even though we can sit and talk about the problems that 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 we're facing in our society often once you know you you need to bring people together under an umbrella to meet a common objective there seems to be a reluctance to do that uh, so, so how have you been able to really make sure that the project that you're running is supported by the community that 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 they participate in it as well Okay, what we have in our communities is uh, we call it the LGAC uh, Forum, the Westbury Forum in the area. Uh, let me just explain that. All the stakeholders in the communities who's working with children, who's working with youth, who's working with community members, we come together once a month and discuss what is the issues in our community and how we can uh, work together as one to, to uh, uh, solve the, the challenges, not solve as such, but work together uh, as one common goal uh, to, to, to change, to change our community. And that's one part, uh, like I always say, uh, you know, if you work together as a team, you can uh, get amazing things. The other part is also, uh, you know, the mothers of communities. If a mother pray you must listen to a mother's prayer. We have challenges, like we said. We have the drug problems in our community. We have the shooting in our communities. We have all these negative things in our communities. But praying mums is another uh, uh, a way of dealing with these issues. So that's the second thing that we do in the communities. We have prayer meetings each and every corner of the communities. Because right now, as we speak, we have challenges, we have shootings, we have people dying in our community, and we cannot let this carry on happening. So we have prayer groups, we have um, uh, stakeholders coming together, we have chat groups that we discuss what is happening in the community and how we can work together to, 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 to do this uh, challenge. And um, like uh, myself, uh, they call me Auntie Bree in the community, the mother of the community. I go on radio and I target the youth to say, you know, youth, it starts uh, uh, with the youth because it's youth doing these things in our community. It's the youth that goes on shooting in the community. So we're targeting the youth. And we, I also target the parents of the community to say, charity begins at home. So it starts at home. And the, 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 the family who's keeping quiet, they need to stand up. They are the fathers of each household, if they keep quiet, in our days, if the father says something, then you must do what the father says. But fathers has been keeping quiet. I all I say and I say and I will say it again. Fathers needs to become the head of the house again, because if it's at the home, it starts there. If you don't discipline your children at home, it will overflow to the schools. The schools are in chaos, and that's why the police is involved. Every afternoon, the police is at the schools. Bridget, Bridget, unfortunately, we're losing you a bit on that line. Uh, there seems to be something up with the connection. So what I'll do is that we'll take a quick break. We'll try and get Bridget up on a better line, and then we'll hear from Petani and Inditini.
Continue the conversation on the talking point. We're looking at the voices of community activists. These are individuals that are making a difference in their communities. We've heard from Bridget Petani and Nditi. Bridget, we lost you on the line briefly there. Are you back? I'm back. Yeah, I must go back into the Yes, please, Bridget. But if you can keep it brief for me, you were talking about the family structure and in particular the role of fathers that you believe is neglected but also is leaving a a big gap in our communities. Yes, yes, definitely. All right. What did you Uh, want to add on that, Bridget? Uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, a charity begins at home. And if uh, uh, the, the parents are not disciplining the children, it will overflow to the, into the community, into the schools. All right. Petani, as a young person um, who has decided to be, again, part, part of the change uh, through this NGO that you have set up, what are some of the challenges that you have faced in, again, trying to bring solutions to the problems that not only are you are facing, I, I phrase that completely wrong, but challenges that don't only affect you, but also affect others around you? Um, some of the challenges uh, is that um, there's been a high level of, of uh, deliberate sabotage and uh, trying to uh, to create a market out of them um, of this uh, what what people have termed as extra classes kind of um, um, you find that teachers are not pulling their weight during the week and uh, they make it a point that learners must come to their classes on Saturday so that they can be able to make extra income in that and that is the kind of of um of attitude or the kind of symptoms that shows the complete collapse of uh, of of institutions and structures in our society and it's just not only in the education sector but in all many other departments in uh, of the country this is just one of the simple or micro micromisms of the how the whole society is set up or how the whole society views it so you'll find that people are deliberately not uh, trying to do their job during the week so that they can be able to call for extra classes over the weekend so that they can make extra income. And it's a, it's a tragedy because those who are poor and are unable to afford, uh, they have to uh, um, find the money to try and get the learners to get, uh, uh, try to get their kids to be attend- in attendance of these classes. And if we are able to root out the challenge and the problems at the root cause where we found that we find that there's been a serious massive collapse of our public um, um, education system where schools and also our teachers are just not coming to the party, just there to collect paychecks and wait for the month to end. And uh, those are people who have been uh, entrusted with the most critical uh, duty in our society to teach and develop the next generation of kids. And once we have a collapse to that level, it shows that we are almost a country that is directional, uh, directionless and a country that, that has no future. So those are the, some of the challenges that we are facing and also a level of gatekeeping uh, in terms of those who have uh, been in the education sector for a long time to try for people, for people with new and fresh ideas to not get involved in this kind of spaces.
maybe it steps on their influence or also in their pockets, but it is some of the challenges that you face when you're trying to do this kind of work. And uh, Petani, you've raised very important issues. And Nditini, I want to come to you just on this idea of alternative thinking and, and the need for a diversity of, of ideas, right? If we're to get our society right. Um, do you have the same experience where you feel that some of the, the things you want to do are not warmly received, they're not well supported, especially from the sectors and, and, and industry, because we know that, um, you know, a, a solution is, is only going to be good as, as the support that it's, that it's given. Thank you very much, very much, Kathy. I, I, I very much agree with this. Look, there are a number of things, Kathy, that society needs to, especially communities need to be educated on, especially on matters of civic or, or civic responsibility. For instance, in areas such as Kairisha that are ravaged by criminality, by, by violent crime, number one, uh, shack fire, number two, and, and flood, number three. Then you, you, you find, you, you mobilize communities correctly and come up with ideas, scientifically proven or foolproof ideas. But unfortunately, sometimes you do not get support, not just from government, but also by industry. There are shopping malls, there are property, property managers that operate within communities. They seem to be interested in doing what they understand to only be protecting their interests and their profit and nothing else. For, for instance, recently, I think days back, the South African government has made a pronouncement that of now recognizing sign language as one of the official languages in the Republic. And this has not been getting much publicity, but in areas like Kailita, where you still have communities that are not educated on how to communicate with people with hearing impairment. So this is what this is one this is one topic. Now now you come to you see on TV and also on the other official gatherings and events, there would be an interpreter for sign language. But we would daily live with people in our own homes. We live with children and people with hearing impairment. We cannot we can still not be able to communicate with them. That's one. But number two, areas such as Kailika is is one of the biggest townships in the country, contesting uh, position in uh, Africa, Soweto, and elsewhere, but with the highest concentration of shack dwellings, with no access to road and street number. You know, Katie, what is most not fulfilling for me as an activist still, even today, is the fact that there are my brothers and sisters who stay in Kailika who live with disabilities, even when they do have wheelchairs, they still cannot use them at home and outside their household. As we live every day, as we live our daily lives, there are those South Africans just amongst us, just here in Kaili, in the townships, in many of the of in the, the, the townships in the here where there are no access roads. There are still people who, who who are wheelchair bound only to sit on those wheelchairs, cannot use them. So you live in a society where you know that you are trying to do your best, but you know that your best alone is not just, it's just not sufficient. And, 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 and Dittany, how do you survive, right? Because what we know about the work of, of, of many activists who are running NGOs is, is there's very little support 
that goes around. In in South Africa, of course, we seem to be undergoing a, a season of donor fatigue where it's getting harder and harder to get money, whether it's from corporates, whether it's from government, to support initiatives and work done by NGOs. Look, the reality is that our organization started okay, they are going to die simply because we are donor, we are we're 100% donor-based, and sometimes our opinions have to be shaped by who fund us. And, and if you do not agree with the funder, then the funder is, is, is going to start to to find faults in the activism in your general program. Now, and you can go back to the stakeholders and want to create uh, to create an environment where people will have to pay for their participation in community work. So, so and this gives rise to subjective organizations that are only are seeing many of the single issue based organizations that are created within the, by, by individuals funded by individuals with, with ulterior motives. So, so unfortunately, uh, the, the multi-stakeholder organizations in South Africa are going to die a painful death and not achieving the objectives that are set out. All right. We're going to continue the conversation in a moment. It's 11.30. I'd also love to hear from you if, if we've got time. Uh, uh, do you have an NGO do you participate in the work of, of an NGO? And what is some of the work that um, you are currently doing and why was it important for you to be able to do that work, uh, especially if you're doing it on a pro bono basis? I'd love to hear from you. It's 11.30. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We're profiling the voices of community activists. We're joined by uh, Bridget Munich, who is the manager of the Westbury Youth Centre, uh, Petani Madzivandila, who is um, with the Konani Integrated Development Agency, an MPO in Venda, and Nditini Kido, who is the chairperson of the Kylie Chat Development Forum. Bridget, I'm going to ask you this question around resources um, to you run a youth center when when i speak to um activists especially those who who have ngos and and run centers like the one that you do bridget often what they say is that the community ends up coming to them with all sorts of different problems and you find yourself having to intervene so if somebody doesn't have food then they'll come to the youth center and because of the work and the nature of the work that you do, um, you could well find that it even comes out of your own pocket at times. How are you surviving um, and meeting the need financially? Uh, uh, we are uh, getting our funds from social development uh, that's helping us with our funds. Secondly, I have uh, sponsors that actually sponsors like food stuff. They sponsor me with my toiletry bags, all my uh, uh, programs that I'm doing in the community, my community programs. We also have a bite and referral office uh, where people come in. We lost you for a, for a bit there, Bridget, but you, you have a center where people come in? 
uh, uh, people come in from the community, uh, we have an advice and referral office. So the advice and referral office, in uh, time saying, we work in partnership with all the stakeholders in the community. So whatever needs arise from the community and the people who walk into our space, we can easily refer them to different organizations. Um, my community development uh, programs, is, it, I have a lot, and I have a lot of sponsors that sponsor me, especially uh, we in partnership also with Michelin uh, uh, South Africa. They support us through key action initiatives where we have a food garden. And if you have a food garden, you cannot go wrong. You can teach the community how to start their own food gardens at home. And that's our partnership with Michelin. Uh, like I said, I'm very, very fortunate to have such uh, 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 funders, uh, such sponsors that uh, uh, support a uh, up in the Galvesbury area. Petani, what has been your experience on, on the funding and resource side? Very difficult um, uh, avenue also. Uh, the funding has not been coming in. In fact, we are we don't have any so far. We are just relying on uh, the legal money that we generate from uh, our own coffers and also uh, when we um, charge uh, uh, legal money for people to come and have the lessons. But that, that has not happened so far. So we are still seeking funding and hoping that we'll, be, we'll have a good Samaritan out there will be able to support our programs and the kind of work that we're doing. So so then who funds the work that, that you do now? Uh, currently, we're not funded. We are relying on the money that we generate through um, charging learners who come to attend our programs. But uh, essentially, if we are able to uh, acquire funding, that means we will stop uh, having to require learners to, to, uh, uh, to be able to pay illegal uh, uh, that they have. Mm-hmm. So that is why we are on search for funding. I want to ask all of you, what makes you hopeful about this country? And and why should people get involved in being part of the solutions to, to, to the problems that we're, that we're facing? Yes, we might not all set up NGOs, but why is it important for this work to be supported? Nditini, I'll begin with you. South Africa is a wonderful country. With all the setbacks we may have at the moment, South Africa generally is a country of good people and initiatives that are aimed at enhancing and enriching that goodness of South Africans should be supported. You know what is happening currently? There are big NGOs in the country who who have big opinions on big topics. They would come in communities, they would pay for segments of what they want to put across. And we as community structures, we must refuse as these NGOs to be used as vehicles to to peddle sentiment and especially anti-establishment and anti-government sentiment. There are times when our government is not doing well in our communities. We ourselves, we feel that must be able and be allowed to tell our government that you are not doing right by us on these matters.
But there are people who peddle big anti-government concepts who do who come to communities with big bags of money. If they cannot get it right with their existing NGOs, they will create their own to create an environment that is a doomsday coming in this country. South Africa is an unworkable project or is a failed state or a failing state. Katie, we are not yet at the type of state where we say so. Anybody who experienced apartheid, there's no way that we would want to lighten what is happening in our country. Albeit with problems, Katie. Albeit with problems. Our country is still a beautiful country that must be honest. That needs all hands on deck to make South Africa better again. Wow, wonderful. Thanks for that, Nditini. Petani, your view? Oh, can you just rephrase the question for me? Yes, so I was asking you what it is that gives you hope about this country and why you believe everybody should get involved, even if it doesn't mean that we all start our own youth centers or NGOs, but why we should at the very least be supporting this kind of work. Uh, I think for me, what is important, looking onto um, what the crisis that we are facing um, nationally in terms of uh, of government, the SOEs, yeah, SCOM, all the challenges that we are facing in the country, um, they lead back to a need for us to be able to have this kind of work and organizations in, or NGOs in our communities which are resisting or also uh, being the defenders of democracy, you know, which is very important because um, as I have uh, of late doing quite a number of travels across the continent, you start to appreciate the point where we are as a country that we have not collapsed as yet. But if we all don't stand up and try and collapse the, I mean, and arrest the rot that we are facing in the country, we will find ourselves in a situation where we are not able to even um, uh, think that we have, will have fuel tomorrow, you know, we'll have bread tomorrow when such things have collapsed. And uh, for us to be able to uh, to resolve that, the, the work that NGOs are doing is wonderful, it's great, but uh, it is at a micromism, it is at individual silos in spaces where we operate, in communities where we operate. But what is important is that uh, also the civil society movements or organizations themselves have been doing a lot of work uh, trying to hold government accountable. I mean, from the TAC programs, uh, from programs that have um, tried to bring pe- people food in the communities during COVID and all that. These are great noble efforts that have been done by civil society actors and also um, litigation in terms of trying to take government to court and all those important things that have been done. But what we've been doing for the past 29 years which will be 30 years in the next uh, coming elections of 2024, uh, which some people have termed to be 2024 to being our 1994. It is important that we we understand that the people that we are trying to hold accountable for this many years uh, are people who no longer have shame. They, right. they, 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 they no longer have shame, you know? So for it is important for us to step up and be the kind of leaders that we want others to be in All order right. to try and save the picture that we have. All right, Petani, let's leave it there. Bridget, um, you'll be, I'll get the final contribution from you and I'll ask you to please give it brief, keep it as brief for me as possible. Yes, I think the gentleman said it well. 
I fully agree with them 200%. Uh, the highlight, what I want to say is that government needs to listen to the cries of the, of the NGOs and NPOs on the ground. And we need to help each other. And we need to work positively together. And we will make this a better place. And we need to help the youth because they are the future leaders of the country. So well said, gentlemen. I fully agree with you. All right, Bridget Munich, manager of the Westbury Youth Centre. Let me thank all of our guests for being part of this conversation and thank you um, for the great work that you are doing in the communities where you live. And certainly it gives us hope and it inspires us to get more involved where we might not be. That's where we leave it for today on The Talking Point. We're back with you again tomorrow. It is a Friday. I'll leave you with the book reading and, of course, the update in Katu Smiling because Friday means Friday wind down. But more on that tomorrow.